Yeah, it looks decent, right? Never looks decent. <laughs> everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. And this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. That's true. All those words are true, Steve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Tired. <laughs> cool story. All right, let's get to this topic. You asked. <laughs> I had a screen grab of it. Let me uh, pull it up here. Uh, Matt Nunnally? Nunnally? Probably Nunnally. Matt Nunnally asks, getting kids. I like new Nelly. It's getting hot in here. So do you know whatever so you want with any of your clothes because I'm new Nelly, not old Nelly. So much better than the old Nelly, you know? I am getting so hot. I'm going to do whatever I want with my clothes because Nelly can't tell me what I want to do. Is he the one who did the thong song? No, that was Cisco. Oh, okay. All right. I was trying to ignore pop culture during that time. The 2000s. So, anyways, well, you succeeded. He asks, getting kids stoked on playing music. How are we gonna get our kids stoked on playing music, Steve? I don't know. I gave up. We have kids <laughs> together. We have four children. I haven't miscounted your kids, right? You still have two. Well, together, we have zero children. But cumulatively, with your family and my family, Steve there and are I have children. not bred. Yes, we have not produced offspring together. <laughs> I just want to set the record straight. Steve and I have not conceived into each other's wombs. Is that how that works? <laughs> so anyways, we both have two kids. Mm -hmm. We have no idea how to get them interested in music. Mm -hmm. I think we maybe... also have no idea where they came from. <laughs> we don't know how babies work. Uh, so anyways, I think the only way to get... Uh, my oldest interested in music is if there was a way to play music in Minecraft, maybe. <laughs> there is a, like, to make music in Minecraft, or like... I know you can, I know there there are ways that, I know people build computers in Minecraft and stuff like that. You mm -hmm. can probably build, you know, like a Rhodes piano well, you in can Minecraft. Make a, you can make a jukebox, too, and mm -hmm. play records. Well, that's different than playing an instrument. That's true. I wouldn't be surprised if someone's figured out how to make, like, a drum kit in minecraft that's right. playable somehow through right. pistons and levers and stuff mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. um yeah i don't i don't have i mean i mean i'd love it if my kids played music because i mean we all want you know we all have this fantasy of having a family band right yeah maybe I'm, that's just me maybe you don't have that fantasy i mean <laughs> the silence says a lot i mean i don't know I don't know. I I barely have room for. Well, I only have room for. No, my wife has a piano. I think say we. I only have room for my instruments. So you could true. play bass or guitar. Yeah. Your wife could play keys or mm -hmm. bells. She's she's played bells yeah. in the past. She she can wrap her head around all sorts of instruments. Mm -hmm. Um, all you need is a drummer, mm -hmm. a vocalist. Melissa can sing. Your wife can sing. Yeah. What's funny is so my older daughter. Maybe a D, one of them will be a DJ. Yeah, my older daughter uh, says um, she's she'll frequently say when I put on a song, uh, she'll say I like the music, but I don't like the the singing. 
So she, or she'll say, is it, or she'll say, I like the music, but I don't like the song. Something like that. Like that's her concept of music is that there's the music part of it. And then there's the singing part and the singing part is what makes it the, makes it a song. We should do a kid's react Mm-hmm. to our music we should get <laughs> both of our oldests in here and have them listen to old recordings oh man your favorite band my have, morning you know, the morning glass have them watch the uh, dinosaur ghost your favorite band uh yeah youtube videos and just let them like tear into us and say what they want to say that'd be funny yeah. I mean, do we want to you exploit know, our children exploit- for profit and gain? Yes. Yes, yes we do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> do we want to get demonetized by YouTube forever when they're like, oh, it looks like you're making content for children? It, look, it looks like you're. Uh, Comments are shut down and now you are non functional. Does, re- does the React channel still own the rights to React videos? Like, do you. Because there was that thing for a minute where they were like trying to. They can try. What are they going to do? Cease and desist us? I don't think we'll, it's really. Guess ex- what? If they cease and desist us, guess what? I'll cease and desist. I don't think it's really exploiting your children if you make like a video and you're like, hey, kids, right. just do this thing. We're just going to hit play and then we're going to play these songs for you and then we're going to edit it. We're yeah. Not, and we're not going to be like, hey, you need your 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 take your take on on your favorite band's drugs wasn't hot enough we need a hotter take uh, kids you know what try it again try it, try again. it again yeah we're gonna, we're gonna roll tape again make it make it spicy this time yeah. kids okay this has got to pay some bills <laughs> no that'd be fun that's a fun idea it I would like be that. fun it would be fun yeah. maybe um, maybe we do it just as an audio podcast so that you know if our wives are anxious about kids being on camera oh, or whatever yeah. Yeah. i don't know I don't care about that. I'm fine with my kid being on camera. Maybe you're, well, my kids you and your wife my feel kids different are a about older. it. Yeah. I don't know. I, but, can, I can pitch this idea, though. But I get, the, I get the vibe that neither of us are looking to push our children to play music. No. So mine, I just want my daughter to appreciate music. Sure. Which currently um, we have a lot of middle ground in the car music, which works because I... I will listen to like anything mm-hmm. um, until she go- hits her like full goth stage and wants to listen to emo rap in the car. Are you familiar with emo rap? Emo rap. Emo rap is like the evolution of mumble rap. It's like. Okay. So is it more rap than emo? Is it, does it have anything to do with emo, the genre? No. It's, okay. Good. It's, it's really just scene kids. It's whatever the current scene kid is. Which is more of like a goth, like a, it's that pink goth. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, sure. These, these E-kids, e, E-boys, e, and E-girls. E-children. E-children, e E-teens. I'm assuming E stands for electric? E-boy, E-girl, E-thems. E-boy, E-girl. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, but but there's this emo, there's this emo rap. Oh, back Kids in my- these days, in my in my day, we had emo or you had rap. You yeah. had to choose. Yeah, Ugh. but it's it's a lot of like, it's just thematic, and it's kid, it's mumble rappers who are see, talking about how they want to date goth girls. Okay, my only it doesn't point sound is, particularly edgy to me. My point is that she's not at that phase yet. What she wants to listen to right now is like. Dance club music, I okay. guess. I don't know how else to describe it. Like 
techno. One thing she did say, like, oh, I was like, what do you want to listen to? And she named this band, and we turned it on. And I then I said, what would you call this music? And the band was called Caravan Palace Band Artist. I don't know. And she goes, oh, this is Electro Swing. Interesting. Know, interesting. Okay. I go, well, and I then so I was like, hey, this is a launch point to talk about 90s music. So I was like, well, you know, like. We're so old. I know. Uh, <laughs> that was 20 years ago, dude. <laughs> dude, that was almost 30 years ago. Let's talk about music from multiple decades ago. Yeah. Well, the, so the thing is, is she's like, oh, yeah, this is Electro Swing. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting because when I was your age, we had Swing Revival. Uh-huh. Like we had the Swing Revival. And so oh we listened to Caravan Palace. Did you make your daughter we, listen to Brian listen, Setzer? No, I made her listen to Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. <laughs> no. I made her listen to the Squirrel Nut Zippers. Uh, I actually. I made her listen to Royal Crown Review. I kind of want to show my kid Squirrel Nut Zippers now. I think you'd get a kick out of that. And I was like. I was saying like, and the thing is, so this is again, like her music education is very limited because she just listens to music. She listens to these, um, multi, I think they're called maps. Gosh, I don't, I don't, you might, you, you, they're like multi artist projects on YouTube. So they are multi animator projects, something like that. And basically they will take a music video and everybody gets like 10 seconds or 30 oh, okay. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like 10 or 15 seconds and they animate for, for like, Oh, you're going to do from zero to 15 seconds of the song. And then the next person gets, so you get all these different animation styles and whatever. And so she, she listens to music that is on those videos. So that's her exposure to it. And they're always like, they're always like very, um, Kesha sure. and whatever, like these, dance songs and and i don't know um but yeah electro swing we started talking about that she was not super interested in swing in retro swing and then i tried to play in retro swing you mean in, in swing revival, 90s and, revival then, swing. and then i tried to play some benny goodman and she, i think she was even less interested in that <laughs> uh which for what it was worth i wasn't really that interested in it either you start pulling up you know <laughs> YouTube videos of the Lawrence Welk show and yeah. stuff. So hey, check this out. So this was hot stuff back uh, before I was born. Daddy O. <laughs> um, they really turned on the bubble machine for this one. So, so I, you know, we listen. I try to listen to a lot of what sh- I think she's interested in the car. There's also, you know, we listen to a lot of William Eyelash and and uh, Taylor Swift and whatever. Sure, sure. In the car, um, but. She's just not really interested in distorted anything. Any, I shouldn't say distorted anything because a lot of those songs have like right. the electronic, you know, like the distorted bass stuff. and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's just not interested in like rock. distorted guitar, like rock guitars, or pretty much any male vocals hmm. because it's like too like like Dave Grohl, whatever. <laughs> Dave Growl. Yeah, and uh, if I. And, and she's gotten like predictive where it's like, like, hey, you should check this song out. And it's like. She's the, 13 right now, right? She's 12. She's 12. She's coming up on 13. Yeah, eventually, someday. She'll be 13 next year. There's a higher um, likelihood of her being 13 than there is of her being 10. Correct. In the near future. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I that's I just kind of am working with it because she's just not that interested in music. Right. Um, but it's weird because it's like you are the child of two musicians, like musician, like instrumentalists, you know, and up until, you know, maybe three years ago, both of us were like active live musicians. Right. 
my wife's kind of doing a lot less of that, but I'm still doing it all the time. And, you know, we yeah. have guitars hanging up and, and they're whatever. And yeah, she's just not super into well, music. Well, it might be a thing like, oh, that's what my parents do. I'm not interested sort yeah. of thing. Like yeah. if my parents had played music actively when I was a teen, I might not have been interested. I'd be like, mm. I have enough of that going on around I, here. I have tried to be like, cause she'll be like, Oh, I want to listen to again, like this electro swing stuff or, um, uh, a lot of the, like just the pop DJ, uh, pop producer, like Calvin Harris, uh, Zed, like that kind of stuff. And I've told her, I'm like, well, would you want to learn how to do this? You know, cause it's also, that's like a lot of computers right, or, right you know, MIDI controllers or whatever. And she's just like, no, I just want to listen to it. <laughs> I think that's how most people are. Most people just want to listen to the music. They don't want to make yeah. it, which is fine. We need as many of those people as we can get. Um, but my, my kid's seven. So mm. he's, he's not close to being a teen yet. And I think teen is where that stuff really starts to pick up where yeah. you start to really think like, Oh, I need a hobby. I, I want to you know be active in this thing that I already like, you know, consuming as a consumer. Um, but we have a little like kids version of an iPod for him Mm -hmm. and I've loaded a bunch of MP3s on there and, you know, he makes requests and I put stuff on there. He wanted, uh, the pop punk song from home alone three put on there, which I gave him, even though I didn't really want what to give him a pop punk punk song. song It's like a song that was made for the movie. Um, you know, and then he wanted like the Spider-Man, uh, uh, multiverse soundtrack which is you know a lot of um that's a lot of newer music what's the guy's name i keep wanting to say shimp malone but that's post the malone post malone shimp malone i think is the instagram handle for bruce campbell <laughs> 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 no it's got that sort of stuff on there and you know it all it's all got grooves in it like it's decent Wait, music the home alone 3 soundtrack actually has some yeah interesting but- artists on it the one he wants to hear is is kind of this really corny pop punk song that I think was made just for it or was picked because it was just perfect for it. But anyways, like he he has songs that he likes. He recently uh, heard like a cake song on the radio and he's like, oh, I like that. I want that on my iPod. And that made that made me mm. really happy. Uh, I think at the distance. It was short skirt, long jacket, was it? I don't remember which one it was, but I, sh- after he requested it, I showed him a bunch of music videos and he, re- he did really like the distance. But then he asked like, why does he keep going? <laughs> 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 I was like, I honestly never, ever sat and thought about it. I just liked the tune. <laughs> and like, I, I talked a few weeks back about how he made it his catchphrase that mm-hmm. he just says at random times. Like, I don't like star Wars. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? He would just say it randomly. And it was because I put a bicycle by queen on his iPod. And there's a line in there where Freddie Mercury says, I don't like star Wars. And so my son grabbed onto that and was just repeating it. But yeah, like going back to like, how do you make your kids? How do you get your kids to want to play music? Right. I don't think you can. I don't think you can make anyone want to play music. Like you have to wait until they want to. Mm-hmm. Like I try to do like when, you know, if he has a song in his head or wants to hear a song or he likes a song, I'm like, Oh, you know, I can, I can play part of that on a guitar and he couldn't be more bored. You right. know, right. <laughs> like, he's like, and, and, okay, okay, dad. That's, and I think that's, that's cool. even like kind of the hard thing is I've tried to approach it 
from the perspective that I wish music would have been approached for me, which is like, hey, I have several guitars. Oh, you like this Taylor Swift song? Right. It's four chords. I could show them to you. Like, you could play that song yeah, on yeah. guitar. Because that was like the approach when I, like, when I, I took, I first took music lessons when I was 12. I first took guitar lessons when I was 12. And, uh, you know, I think the first song that I try had to learn in that class, aside from like, what the hell? Mustache. <laughs> um, aside from like, you know, three blind mice or whatever sure. kind of a thing. I don't remember, but Ferrajaka, green sleeves um, was uh, yesterday. Oh, okay. Cause it's like finger style and whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the time I was like 12, I was like, who the hell are the Beatles? <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I, I knew who they were, but I'm like, uh, I, I just wasn't really that interested. And it wasn't until a couple years later when I started playing music that I was like when I I kind of stopped playing after that for a while, and then I came back to it and started playing music that I was interested in playing. And at at twelve, I don't know if I could identify music specifically where I was like, "That's a song I want to learn." Right? You know, I couldn't make those kinds of decisions for myself at twelve. Yeah, I mean, the moment for me is I saw someone play a song, and in that moment, it looked extremely simple to me, and it's like mm-hmm. I could do that. And then, it, like, it got my imagination going, like, "Oh, I could." I could play all these songs that I enjoy listening to. And that sounds like fun. I want to pursue that. And I think you like, you need to have that moment or a moment similar to that to want to play. Like you can't make anyone play like the people have done it. People have been like, okay, now you're going to do your piano recital because Mm -hmm. this is a skill that you should have. And I don't know anyone personally who's told me like, yeah, I became a lifelong musician who loves playing music because my parents made me do piano recitals. Like, yeah, I, I don't I, know that person. I don't know. I'm sure they exist. And so that's the thing I wonder, I wonder about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure we, we probably have listeners who can provide feedback on this. Uh, how, how does that work when you have these like virtuoso, maybe not virtuoso, but like these very skilled young players, right? You just you they, have to hit your the, kids until just, they play good. Right. It's just the thing that they do. Right. Whether or not they enjoy it, it's just part of their routine, I guess. Isn't um, there like I have a vague memory from the past summer Olympics where it's like there's some there's some tennis guy or something who's whose dad basically trained him to be a top notch tennis player, but he never really liked it. And so he just he wins the Olympics, but it's just like this is just what I do. Like this oh, is yeah. this isn't my passion, right? You know, like that's kind of that's hell. Yeah, that's kind of well, hell, it's a right? Job. It's your job. It's, it's your job, and you're good I mean, you're at making it. Millions, and he's making good money, I'm sure. But it's kind of like, I wonder how many times a day, like he thinks, man, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather not. You know, right. like, like you know that feeling you but get. He, but he also probably, as a tennis champion, has enough money that he he could he just can do not. other stuff. But if you're an athlete, you constantly have to be training. No, I know, but I'm saying like he could just, you know, put $5 million on the NASDAQ and then walk away and just get paid $100,000 uh, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200 a year. Steve already had that math ready to go. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, tar- we're starting to turn into a stock trading podcast, guys. 60 cycle stocks. <laughs> yeah, don't buy options. Uh, the different kind of flipping. But anyways. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. 
how, I mean, obviously if any of our kids at any point are like, Hey dad, I think I'd like to play guitar. We're going to overwhelm them with everything that we have available to us. So that's another question, which might be kind of scary. It might be like, they might feel that tension. Like, Oh, the moment I show any interest, it's just going to be overwhelming. That's the other, that's, I guess the other side of it, right. Is, is um, right. Suddenly we're baseball dads. You always hear that, uh, the kid who, you know, you go to a show, you Mm -hmm. go to a show. It's like a bunch of, you know, it's a bunch of 16 year old pop punk kids. I guess we don't go to shows like that anymore because it would be creepy. But back when we were, you know, in our early 20s and still going to pop punk shows and whatever, and there was always, it's always some band with a bunch of kids. And you see some kid in there who's like, you know, their parents bought them uh, an all two Marshall stack right, and right. Gibson Les Paul. I mean, we played a show with, with a kid band where their parents bought all the merch while they were playing. And oh, yeah. And like, don't tell them. Yeah, it's like yeah. that sort of thing going on. Yeah. You know? And so. You're always kind of like, oh man, that that like, oh, I, yeah, your first guitar was that, or the first when I think of your first guitar, I always think of that Slammer, mm-hmm. or like, I guess my first guitar was a Jagstang, but it's like they're all at the time that was like a two hundred fifty dollar guitar, um, so it's like more thing like, oh, you gotta you gotta earn that Les Paul or whatever. Um, is it different when and I've seen people say this? We're like, well, like when my kid. When my kid's interested in guitar, I'm a guitar player. My kid's interested in guitar, but they're not going to get to play any of my good stuff. Like, oh, I'll, I don't have I'll that buy, mentality. I'll buy them like a Mexican Strat or whatever. Not saying that they're bad, but like, the like they're they can they can have a Mexican Strat. They can have a Squire Strat. My Ampro Ampro Two Stratocaster right, right. is off limits. Well, you know, like, until they until they earn it. I think. I don't think I had that mentality, but I would probably have the mentality of like, oh, here's a guitar you can keep in your room. I think that's different. And, and here's a guitar that, you know, you can come down to the garage. No, like literally. And, and use in this space. But like, you're, you're not allowed to drag this to, you know, teenage band practice or yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, I've seen things where people were like, yeah, my, uh, you know, my, my, my dad kept his, his uh, Gibson Les Paul standard under lock and key right. in his Gibson in his Gibson humidified room and next to his bedroom or whatever. I, I I've been playing guitar for 10 years and I've never played that guitar. I had a I had a moment with my son a month or so back. Uh it was before I went to Germany this mm-hmm. last time back back to Henning's house. I was packing everything up and and Henry was like, "I wish I could go to Germany with you." And as I was saying it and thinking the words, I was like, oh, man, this sucks. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't want to put this sort of thing in his head. But I said it anyways. It's like, well, it's really it's really only for guitar playing stuff. But if you ever started learning how to play guitar, I promise you that I could get sponsors to cover your costs. Oh, my and you, gosh. You could go on these trips with me. <laughs> and as I'm saying, I'm like, I don't want to put that pressure on him or that idea in his head like if he wants to spend time with his dad then he has to play guitar you, you like that sucks that's you, gross you couldn't just be like oh it's a work trip sorry we'll go to germany on our own time someday but on the other side of it it's totally true like if henry was learning how to play guitar not even like good at it yet you know that the sponsors of those events oh yeah would be like oh sure. yeah oh yeah you're bringing your kid 
Yeah. Like he's, he's, you got to get footage of him playing our products out on your channel. But that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where right. it's like your kids learning. Do you really want to be like, Hey kid. And then is it healthy to be like, Hey, welcome to guitar. You're now on YouTube. No, that that's what I mean. It's like, is it's so messed up. Is, when welcome, you welcome, actually think about it. Welcome to guitar. Here's welcome to, welcome to guitar. You're on YouTube. Also, uh, the 29th take of Smells Like Teen Spirit wasn't very good. Are you ready for take 30? I mean, this is this is how Joe Bonamassa's getting made. He's <laughs> putting kids on camera too soon, putting them in the spotlight too soon. Like, But he was like 12 when yeah, he broke like he, was, he was doing like a child prodigy thing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying my kids would be anything like that. But still, it's like... There, there are definitely, I there I are definitely the, young like, age kids yeah. that are like camera ready. And I think it's one thing if you're like, I filmed my, you know, my kid wants to do this. If it's like, a right. what's, that, what's the, um, no, I don't want to make my kid do multiple takes. I don't want my, yeah. I want to make my kid perform. But if it was like, Oh, Hey, Henry's been learning a song. I'm going to let him mess around with this pedal or, or right. give his, you know, beginners, you know, hot take on this product or guitar or something like that. I think that would be fun. But I also like, I'm a little bit weirded out about the, I, I mean, this is me problems. The idea of like his introduction to guitar, starting guitar is also coming with the baggage of knowing that there's thousands of middle-aged right, men right. watching his progress. Well, and it's all, and it's also like, uh, well, I, I guess you imagine the pressure. Like <laughs> I'm thinking of like uh non, is it, I, I think her name's Nandi Bushnell. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm saying, the, yeah, go ahead. I don't know who she is. She but. is this child drummer. Uh, she drums on children. I don't yeah. think that's okay. Uh, she's she went viral because she will play the drums. To a child like, went viral. They didn't get her vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't know what like what for what came first. But basically, she made a video, or her parents helped her make a video, or I don't know what. Um, where she's doing a drum cover of. Like uh, I think Everlong maybe, mm -hmm. and uh, and it went viral, and then it got out to, um, somehow it got to Dave Grohl, and then like Dave Grohl like flew to her house or something, and they remade the video, but now he's in it, and half this the whole thing, thing, this whole thing, right? Half the things I hear about Dave Grohl is like what an excellent person he is with fans, and he invites kids up on stage to play and stuff like that. And the other half is like, this dude's got an alcohol problem. <laughs> so I combined those two things in my head. And it's like, Oh, he went to her house and like did sure. drums with her. And he was, maybe he was drunk. <laughs> um, so, so, so I don't know, like that's the kind of thing where it seems like whenever I've seen videos of her, she seems really excited to be doing it. And, and maybe she's doing it like driving herself. But I also can be like, like I said, like the 29th take, Right. Of that wasn't good enough. Yeah. The 29th take of Maroon 5's Girls Like These or whatever the song is. Right. Girls Like You? I don't know. You don't know. You know, where you're just like, oh, you're you, you talking about how your kid likes cake. Right. Whatever. What kid doesn't like I cake? I know, right? Uh, and so you're like, oh, hey, you know, it'd be fun. Like, you should uh, you should learn the distance on guitar. What's a good cake song to learn on guitar? That would we'll be a good one. Distance. Do, 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 and then, do, do, And then you're just sitting there going, like, you could do better. And like, throwing crap. Right, right. Maybe like, like, 
If you keep playing like that, you're going back to the Squire Mini. The, the Jackson 5 dad. Yeah, yeah. Of guitar demos. <laughs> and so it's like, that's the that's that space where it's like, I mean, we even all, if your kid wants yeah. to do it, especially like, I mean, we're talking about an extreme situation here as far as like the business side of what I do, but I think that can apply to all sorts of parental situations yeah. where you are possibly pressuring your, pressuring your kid to do things that might be robbing them of their childhood and their joy <laughs> to my, a certain extent. My kid has wanted to make a Minecraft channel. And I'm kind of just like, one, somehow that editing is going to fall onto me who has zero editing experience. Yeah. Uh, two, I just don't really like the idea of putting like a 12 year old girl on mine, like on any, any, on, on any on the of that, internet. On the internet, yeah. on YouTube, on whatever. Oh, there's a reason YouTube has disabled comments on channels that are run by kids or feature kids yeah like and that reason hasn't disappeared the creeps and the weirdos are still out there yeah but the like removing comments kind of shelters you from you, you have to go bit. out of your way to to find you probably have to go out of your way to like as, find it as people Some, who, somewhere on the internet there are people who are watching ryan reviews toys or whatever and then going on to the dark web and be like, oh, did you see that episode? Oh, Right. I don't want to go down. You don't want to think about yeah, it, like, but the, you know like it exists. As, it's as rule 34. Current adults who grew up on the internet. Yeah. We know how despicable it can be. And we know how, like there are things that we were interacting with and experiencing as teens on the internet that we shouldn't have been. And the thought of our kids being on the internet is frightening. And it's a different internet now in some ways, but in other ways it's worse. Yeah. And it's, but, and just like the marketing side of it, just the constant nonstop barrage of marketing that people are exposed to on the internet. Like there's so much about it. That's unhealthy. Like I like I sit like every Friday night I do a stay up night with my son mm -hmm. like that's his night to stay up mm -hmm. and he usually opts to watch YouTube it's the one night of of the week that we let him watch YouTube mm -hmm. but I sit there and watch it all with him and so many of the channels that he watches which are all you know made for kids they're all kids channels will just feature heavy heavy product placement and advertising in a way where it's done pretty sneaky right and I'll I'll be like you see how they just opened up that product and they started eating it and it had nothing to do with the rest of the video. And Henry will be like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, they, they probably got paid to do that. Right. And they're, they're advertising that to you right now. And he acts bored and Henry's like, I don't, I don't care, dad. But it's like, I want him to understand what's going on there. Yeah. And like, oh, with everything that I do, the demo channel and stuff like that. Yeah. And with something like, like I that. tried, I, and you know, I know that I'm, mar I'm presenting content to adults and I still feel like I have to explain yeah. it a lot of time. Like, Hey, like, Guys, this this is my job. This and, and this, the kids this pays my bills. The kids don't understand that the way that the advert. Well, some my like my kid, I think, kind of gets it, and it's actually funny because she said something. She's like we were, I drove her to school this morning, and and there was a radio commercial for something, and she's like, "Why do all of these people talk in like such fake voices? Like none of these, none of these like advertisements are convincing because they're all like." Do you want more cheese right. in your <laughs> quesadilla? Well, damn, I kind of like, do. And like stuff like that. Or, or uh, you know, here we have the border blaster stations that are always like, 
have you signed up for? I can't. I can't even do the voice because it's so uncanny valley. Right, right. Where it's like, hey, make, hey, it's, and they're also like never. They're always like very American, like white. Well, names. that's a whole other situation. It's like, never like, hey, Miguel. It's always like, hi, Michael. Have you registered in your local precinct for the voter? Da 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 da. Right. And it's like. This is all in English, but this is all meant to be like listened to, and because at the end it's we like, have we have radio stations that are broadcasting across the border, but they're meant to to hit our market. They're meant to be played in the yeah. U.S., but it's cheaper for them to have a tower in Tijuana. And, and so they have to run. They have to, they run, have to run like uh, like legal ads and stuff yes, like that. They're they're uh, Mexican government state sponsored ads or, or like, I don't want to call it propaganda, but it, because maybe it's not negative. I don't know a lot about it. It seems like, it seems like there's various political parties and they all get like their slot. There is, there is that, but there's also just the ones that are like, that are their public service announcements, public service announcements, but they're in English and they're done in this very like neutral, like (laughs) robot. (laughs) It's not a robot, but I always get the sense the radio station is doing it as bad as they can as a joke. I don't think the radio station's doing it. I, th- I think they No, hire. they are. I'm Facebook friends with, with one of the DJs. And they have to read those? No, they re- they're done in-house. Weird. The, ra- the, the radio station we're talking about has their office like 10 minutes away from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not realize <laughs> that those ads are no, done, they're done in-house. They're done in-house with like interns or something oh like that. Oh my gosh. But they, ha- they, they are required to read the script as it is delivered. And the, you know the Mexican government does the translation and it's always, you know, bonkers. Yeah. Anyway. So they have to read it as it is. Anyway, my point is, is that like with things like that, you know that you're being advertised to and it's very straightforward, but on something like you're saying like, Hey, that, you We've know, down so that many rabbit you, trails. That with this YouTuber topic. is opening a bag of Oreos. The purpose of that isn't to like in that moment to be like, Oh, I love these Oreos. I wish I had some milk. Right. Like the point of that is the next time you take your kid to the store, they're going to see the Oreos and they're going to be like, yeah. daddy, daddy, I yeah. want Oreos because blah, blah, blah. Or they might YouTube not have had Oreos. They might not even know right. what the because is. They but just now they're know aware they, of they the They just product. know they've seen it somewhere. Right. And so they want it. And that's why every episode we. So anyways, <laughs> that's how you get your kids to become musicians. <laughs> I think the I think the bigger thing here is do what you do. And if your kid is into it, they're going to be into it. And if they're not into it, that's okay. Be like, ready to support your kids with whatever hobby they get into. And if they get into music, you know, I think everyone watching this channel is probably on the same page as us. Like, you know, we've got plenty of stuff to help you yeah. along the way. Does, you, does your kid <laughs> like the beach? Yeah, yeah. Does your kid like, does you, like, do you take your kid like boogie boarding and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my kid is also not into any of that stuff. Okay. Uh, my kid is not into any sports. Uh, my kid is not basically not into any of the things that I'm into. My kid really doesn't know that sports exist. Well, I'm saying <laughs> because like because neither of his parents really care about sports. But I mean, like sports. Even I would say like, oh, your kid, like you can go surfing with your kid. Sure, sure. Or you can go. Maybe you can't go surfing with your kid because he's he's young. he's active. We can take him outside yeah. and he'll do active stuff with us. And like, or, or like you can go to the beach and be like, I want to go swimming in the ocean. Right. Um, or I want to, maybe, that's, I, my, I guess my kid will go swimming, but like, I don't know 
it's, I don't know, our situation yeah, is kind kids of a mess. Have to, dis- have to discover their own facet of those sorts of things yeah. on their own so that it's their passion. Right. And it's like they discover the thing that they like about I, it. I, you know? I, I would just, I guess my point is I, I feel like I had like the classic American boy upbringing of like, camping and baseball and basketball right. and football. Steve is actually a time traveler and he grew, he was actually like the sandlot was based on his life. Yeah. I was born in the eighties and then I time traveled to the fifties. He got Stephen Kinged. And then what? <laughs> Stephen King is always making things about kids in the fifties, having a coming of age and playing baseball yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, and, sock hops and, and stuff like that. Like my kid isn't into any of that stuff. She's not into music. She's into drawing, which is right. a thing that I don't do at all. I mean, you're basically raising me. Like, that's how I was a, <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> I guess. Good luck. <laughs> she's, she's pretty good at it, I guess. She's. I'd say she's better at it than I ever was at that stuff at that age. So, And she's doing it all digital. But anyway, yeah. the point is, is whatever your kid is into, like, support what they're doing. And it, but also it, try to make sure that it's healthy. Like, Oh, yeah. Like if your kids sure into drugs, like don't maybe no, don't like support the drug habit. Healthy balances of stuff. Like, you know, it's it's neat when there's virtuosos. Yeah. But it's not neat when you realize, oh, like the parents are just pushing them so hard and they're miserable and like this is their whole life. And sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes kids are naturally inclined to be virtuosos. Mm. But like let's let's avoid that, you know, childhood robbing activity. And let our kids have fun with music if they have an interest in music. Let them have fun with sports if they have an interest in sports. Like we don't have to turn every we don't have to turn our kids' hobbies into jobs for them. Is yeah. is kind of my conviction. The nice thing is let them play. The nice thing about the isn't let them play the I feel like that's a major league baseball is it slogan. I don't know. There's like some professional sports organization. Music is sh- it, music should be fun. That's why they call it playing. There's, wow. That's what I have to say. Okay. <laughs> sponsors? No. We probably should, actually. Let's do a sponsor. Do a sponsor. This week's first sponsor is Big Ear Pedals. Uh, Big Ear Pedals, Grant and Karen, they make a bunch of stuff. Like the Albi. I got an Albi on my board. I put it before a delay. Somebody asked me why my pedal board had any pedals on it that weren't Big Ear Pedals. And I said, well, it's because I don't have a delay from them. Uh, but I do have an Albi. Albi's on there. I do have an L. I have an L on there. Yeah, but do you have a shake on your board, Steve? No, but also, I, I don't know how I would use that at church. It's also not something you would put on your board unless you're going to pick up your whole board and shake it. I could attach a shake to my guitar and then run the shake and my guitar into an AB box. Do you have one of these, Steve? No, because I haven't built mine. You have it, but you, it's in pieces. Yeah, and it's, parts. In, it's in like 50 pieces. I, I posted a picture of my pedal board that I used at church and they had this on there and someone was like, what is that Beavis and Butthead pedal all about? And I was like, well, let me tell you that there was 14 of these made. It's got a picture of Steve and I on their podcasting. It's called the Stevis and Burkhead. Burkhead. But anyways, big ear pedals. They've been supporting the show in various ways for a long time. We love those people. They love us. So go support them by checking out their pedals, buying them when and where you can. I'm a big fan of the L. The Albi's fantastic. Uh, this thing's great. Uh, I think Grant is planning on some other releases with different art and stuff like that in the future. So keep an eye out for that. They have a bunch of cool pedals. Check them out. All right, first ad, or are we going to do what's new? Let's do a first ad. You want to do? You want to do one new, or you want to do an? Let's ad? do the ad. Let's do the Let's ad. Do an ad. 
This was sent to us by uh, Mark De Bruyne. Mark De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually not really an ad, but it's like an interesting find on the internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He wrote an email explaining uh, that he, he says, I was Googling mini pedals and came across this ad on AliExpress by the Amusic Music Store. And interestingly, it has photographs of the Rowan factory. This seems to be a medium-sized operation with an office and assembly line for about a dozen people each and a small warehouse with a few hundred boxes of 50 pedals. One of the photos shows a drill press, which makes me wonder whether they drill the holes in the pedal cases themselves instead of having that done by the manufacturer. Mm. Whether these images give an accurate view of the working conditions in a Chinese pedal factory is, of course, difficult to say. They are part of an advertisement, after all. And I don't know whether the Amusic Music Store is the storefront for Ronin. Or whether they are an independent reseller. I have no idea whether this is useful for the podcast, but I just thought you might be interested. See you on YouTube. Uh, so this is interesting because we haven't seen like factory shots from a lot of these places and our imaginations can go wild. A lot of times, yeah. like in the affordable board videos, people go like, oh, why are you promoting like the slave labor, labor stuff? I'm like, I don't, I think it, part of me thinks it's kind of borders on racist to assume that just because something came from another country that slave labor was involved, there certainly can be slave labor involved. Like I think it came out recently that all the ketchup packets that, that Heinz was having made in China were being made with slave labor. I'm laughing because I'm nervous. As I say that as nervous laughter. Uh, I, I definitely don't support slave labor, but you know, that stuff does happen in the world. Yeah. I, and, I think and, that, you, and you wonder, you wonder when you buy this cheap stuff, like, is that going on? I think sometimes there's also um, an assumption that because it's cheap, their cost of living is, or their pedals oh, okay. are cheap and their cost of living is less than ours. I mean, the reality is, is if you want to, they, and they touted it as, as a great, a great thing, right? Um, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I guess it depends on your perspective, but like. Behringer basically built a city factory in right. China and they add, and they ran videos of it. Like this isn't like insider trading. Yeah. This is a thing that they promoted. Um, there are some other uh, bigger international guitar manufacturers, I think did similar things where, and basically the they have company towns. Yeah. They, they have like company towns, which are basically, they, they build like a, the equivalent of a college campus where, Oh, we, we uh we here at at Behringer. This was before the the music was it World Music or Music Group whatever mm-hmm. acquisition of Behringer, um, but they were basically saying, hey, we bought this factory town, whatever you want to call it, and so we have a central factory. But over here, there's a cafeteria, and over here, there's a grocery store, right? And over here, here's some dormitories, and so basically, over here we have classes, so the people. They come and they work, and then uh, on their lunch break, they can grab their food at the commissary and go over and take a class on engineering or well, whatever, right? From these photos, this looks like a much smaller operation yeah, it, than it that. Yeah, it is. It is. But I'm saying, like, Behringer has this thing, and so people see it, and they hearken back to, uh, like, mining, like, American mining company. You know, you know I, I owe my soul to the company store. Right, right. Kind of a thing. You know, and, and company stores and company towns can be hugely problematic, especially in American history, uh, where there's so much greed present, uh, where you live 
in company housing, you have a company doctor, you have a company grocery store, and at the end of the week, you've spent all your earnings and now you're in debt to the company and now you're working to pay your debt to the company and you just be, it's a different form of slavery. Yeah, which isn't which isn't to say that, you know, these types of operations in China do or don't exist. It's when I see this, I look at it more as whenever I hear people say like, oh, like you said, like, oh, well, are you promoting these like slave labor companies and whatever? I think what the commenter is visualizing is not this. No, they're visualizing a bunch of people in a basement with like one light soldering in the dark. They're then well, what I envision envision when I envision like a like a sweatshop or slave labor or something like that is yeah, like it's like a like a dingy, dark, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. underground sort of thing, no windows, people sweating away with sewing machines, right. doing it like textile factory style work and stuff like that. And that's you know, this this doesn't look like that. Like it doesn't look like the type of work that I would want to do. No. But the workplace looks clean. And that's another thing. Like people insinuate like, oh, dirty sweatshop conditions, unsafe sweatshop conditions for pedal manufacturing. And like, how dirty can it actually be and produce electronic components? Right. Like right. it kind of you have to have something pretty clean. You have to have a pretty clean environment when you're, you know, working on all these little miniature components and stuff like that. And we don't even know if they're doing the majority of the manufacturing here. That might just be assembly. Mm-hmm. It honestly probably is. Like they're assembling boards. They're not, you know, laying out the micro components and stuff like that. Well, they're. I mean, the, they're assembling the pedals. I mean, they're not assembling the boards. Well, so, so the boards come pre-populated. And I have a feeling they are doing the final soldering of I think pots it's a, and I jacks. think it depends on well sure pots and jacks and I, so I think it depends on what part because there's like this picture where, where they're it's a tuner and they are attaching, it's not a tuna <laughs> they're attaching the um the switch the relay switch uh yeah. section to the tuner section there's another picture where they are connecting the whatever the yellow jack is on this power output and the USB jack there. So they're applying, they're adding two jacks. Um, I will say there's this picture. Anytime there's a picture with a chair that weirds me out. Uh, those chairs don't really look that comfortable. To they me. don't. And that guy's hunched over on it. Like that's not, yeah. And, and he's wearing sandals. He's like wearing this sandals. This is, welcome to a world of OSHA violations, right? Yeah. Um, but aside from that, um, it looks clean. It's well lit. They've got big floor to ceiling windows. Yeah, I had I'm not like the person with holding the whip has a big smile on their face. I think they're friendly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, it looks. It honestly, it looks like any of like the you know business area uh, manufacturing little warehouses that are a few miles right. from here. So I have been in. Um, Actually, it looks better than a lot of those. <laughs> I have been in two uh, electronics component type factories in San Diego. Okay. One, uh, our friend, Meg, when I was unemployed, I did maybe, I don't know, 30, 40 hours worth of soldering at her company. Okay. So that was a very small shop. Um, so what I was going to say is they may have, maybe taking these boards and doing like wave soldering right. uh, in another part of the building and then handing them off to do the big components. Because that's what I was doing there is they would do wave solder boards and then I would get like a stack of wave solder boards and I was attaching like through like large through hole components. So jacks, um, mostly jacks and different like Molex connector type things. 
right? Things that kind of snapped in and then you soldered them into place. Then we went to another place. It was the place that uh, I we threw that, that cable on an x-ray. Right. I forget where that was, but that was another like electronic shop. And that electronic shop was definitely nicer than this. And even the shop that I worked in, like I had a better soldering iron than this, but it's not completely dissimilar. Like, right. It's a room with fans and hopefully an air conditioner. And there's a guy sitting at a table doing soldering. And I was sitting at a desk doing soldering. Like, I don't see any AC vents in the office ceiling, but that doesn't mean anything. Could have They could have wall units. Wall units or something like that. Maybe it doesn't get hot there. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, and this this office, they're, they're probably not soldering in this office. They've got they're ceiling doing. fans in this one. Yeah, well, that's like a that's like a factory. Oh, they do that's have a factory. They do floor. have vents, some sort of vent system yeah. here. So, I mean, this is definitely not a modern office. It's not a modern I mean, facility, but it's not a. I mean, circling back, like we don't know yeah. is the problem. Like we don't know the conditions of American, you know. Work, uh, work well, factories and, and warehouses and stuff like that. We don't actually know. We assume that like the, everyone is staying legal and taking care of their employees and, and being good employers. But, you know, abuse happens in all sorts of different ways. Like I'm sure there's abuse happening in, you know, Chinese manufacturing and stuff like that. I'm sure there's people who are very happy right. with their jobs in Chinese I'll, manufacturing. I'll, I'll make this comparison. Um, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to word this well. Okay. Uh, well, you've been to you've been to bad before it burned down, right? Boutique amp distribution, um, which uh, it's just for some context. They they build for Wampler, for Matthews, yeah, uh, for Friedman, uh, for uh, uh, Tone King, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I, I don't really remember what their stuff looked like. I know there were some a bunch of people who did like tour type videos, sure, for sure. That. But um, no, th- this all looks on. On par with yeah. the pedal manufacturing area. And and then uh, I've watched uh, uh, Joel, friend of the show, sponsor mm-hmm. of the show, Chase Bliss. Like, they do walkthrough of, like, their soldering areas, like, on Instagram all the time. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a disconnect with pictures like this where people are looking at it and be like, oh, there's, like, four people in this picture, and they're all hard at work. And they're not looking at the camera. I'm not interacting with them. They're an other. Whether it's an intentional othering of the people in the photo or it's, right. it's you know, just a subconscious thing that we do. Like, it's a person sitting down you, with some right. boards if, and soldering. If, like, like, subconsciously, if you saw, you know, some mid-20s white dude in a beanie and a flannel sitting in an office doing that same exact thing. You'd, you'd be like, oh, he's probably like... You'd be like, oh, he's, there's... He's a, probably making a sick fuzz. Yeah, he's he's a gear nut just like me. But you see, you know, this this Chinese man in a factory and you you come to different conclusions. Yeah. When he's... He could be the same age. He could be just as young and hip. He could really care about pedals for all we know. And, and he might not. And he might for not. for all we know, he's making EHX, so... <laughs> Just putting that out. I there. want to circle back to like you were trying to mention like like cost of living and wages and stuff like that. And people will be like, oh, people there are people who made these are making pennies a day or making, you know, dollars a month or, or yeah, something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't and think I like, ever finished that thought. 
You didn't, which is why I'm circling back. I always wonder like, yeah, but what is their cost of living? Did they choose that job? Is it a better job than what they could be doing? Is it a worse job than what they could be doing? We really don't know. Yeah. It's the problem. We really don't know all the details. And until, you know, these folks find a way to get on the same internet as us and talk to us, communicate with us and tell us what their jobs are like. We don't really know. And I, I don't honestly feel comfortable speculating most of the time because I get this really gross vibe from people who, who get really angry about this stuff that they are pushing harder into this gross, almost like racism side of right. it. Like, Oh, I don't want stuff from China because Chinese yeah. like, and, that's, and that's kind of gross. And the other side of that too is, and again, we, you know, you don't know. And something you kind of just alluded to there, that there is, you know, there are a lot of reasons to not like Chinese products because they're, you know, it's the, the money from that is supporting a corrupt government sure, and sure. whatever. Unlike but, our government, which is yeah, so sparkly clean, you know, Keisha keen. Uh, but the other side of that is, you know, uh, a company that we've had, done some work with uh, in the past music area. You had manufacturers gig bags for Yamaha Fender Fender, a lot of the big names. They used to do, they used to do them for all sorts of brands like mono, Gator case, stuff like that. I think they still do. In addition to making their own branded bags, right They're They're making, um, in fact, there's a bunch of bags that um, Roadrunner just released that are in Guitar Center for like very cheap mm. and they look pretty nice. I'm thinking about getting one for my acoustic. Uh, but every time I look at it, I'm like, this looks like if this isn't a music area case, it's right. definitely riffing on a music area. The design same concept. Yeah. Because it, it's kind of like the, it's the AA 31 shape where it's just the, the teardrop case. Right. And every, but it's for, like blown up to be for acoustic guitar. And every time I see, it, I'm like, I wonder if Music Area actually designed they, designed and made, made they this. They might and, have. And Roadrunners just like commissioned it. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? I don't. <laughs> if you're at Roadrunner, let us know. So send, send us some free stuff. If you if you got this <laughs> podcast somehow and you are a Chinese factory worker in any industry, but especially in the music instrument industry, uh, feel free to hit us up and let us know what your working conditions are like. That would actually be really neat information to have, or maybe, you know, someone who works in a Chinese factory. Uh, I, I honestly, like at this point, when people come at me with that sort of stuff, I just, I'm like, I, I don't know, man. But if someone came to me and they're like, I've been there, I've seen it. Then that's a different story. If someone comes to me and they're like, I've worked it, I've lived it. Then that's a, that's a totally different story. Like, like people telling their, their own personal stories is a completely different experience than someone being like, oh, I'm assuming slaves made this, and I'm assuming this and that. I'm assuming this about, you know, China and, mm-hmm. you know, this culture or the business that goes on there. Like, I don't want to hear assumptions. Like, I'll, I'll listen to first-person stories, you know, first-person accounts. That's, that's kind of my take on it right now. And I know that is a tricky territory, too, because... Chinese internet is different than our internet yeah. for political yeah. reasons and stuff like that. But yeah, like I hope, I hope everything's on the level, uh, but I know that some of it probably isn't. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
<laughs> What's new, Ryan? <laughs> what is new? Oh man, I've. I mean, I know some people get bored when I talk about kind of business talk of oh. me doing demo stuff and whatnot, but I have been working hard on the Jagstang demo like all week. I've got it over here. And I was telling you about this over dinner. Um, I've realized that there's, there's certain genres of video that are just really hard to mm-hmm. make. One of the hardest is overdrive pedals mm-hmm. because you've actually got to play really good. Yeah. <laughs> If you play sucky, overdrive pedals do not hide that. You have to play good for overdrive pedals. Fuzz pedals, you can dig in, get crazy and stupid, and they always sound amazing. Uh, Another one is compressors and boosts. Like, what do you even do? With a boost, you're really demoing your amp. You're not demoing the boost pedal. (laughs) Compressors, it's like, by the time I, you know, edit this audio, I'm going to put extra compression on it. And then YouTube's going to put extra compression on it. So what are we even showing off here? Right, right. And then the newer one that I'm thinking about is this really, really hard for me to film things that I legitimately enjoy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I ran into with the Jagstang is that I kind of fell in love with it really quickly. And then I got caught in this mental cycle of filming and then editing it and being like, I didn't communicate mm. like the things that I love about it. And now I'm like anxious and pissed off about it. So I've, th- <laughs> I've thrown like three and a half days into the wind working on this full time this week. And it's still not edited. I refilmed it all today after working on it for three weeks, for th- three days this week. And it's like, it's irresponsible how much time I've thrown at it. <laughs> like, it's not good for the business side of what I do and the family time oh my gosh. side of what I do. And it's, you know, why am I being so mental about this is my question. It's a fun guitar. It's a good guitar. It's not going to be for everyone. It has its quirks. But because I, I became infatuated with it, it became the most difficult thing in the world for right. me to film. Right. And I think maybe that's relatable in some ways. Like, if you're working, you know, I think a lot of times people working on recordings get stuck in that. Like you love the thing you're working on so much that it's just never right. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. What's new with you? Um, well, before we do my what's new, let's do this stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh, because we're I'm, pretty long in the show. Yeah. We have a, I guess, a P.O. box. You're calling it a P.O. box? It's, it's a UPS box. It's a UPS I'll box. I'll flash the address up here, but it is 60 cycle hum, uh, number 615-9450, Mira Mesa Boulevard, San Diego, California, 92126. If you send us a letter or a postcard with your return shipping clearly written out, I have over... Well, I have 270 Azure Reverb pedals here, and I have a huge pile of other affordable pedals, and we're going to start giving them away. We're bringing back the wheel of pedals. I actually assembled the wheel today. It is no longer digital. It's a real wheel now. I got a $40 wheel off of Amazon. It's the 15-inch model. No big deal. Do you think this is made by Chinese slaves? Probably. Uh, <laughs> We are this the old wheel pedals was a different concept. People would send in a pedal and we would send them back whatever pedal they would win off of a shelf of 10. I'm still going to have the shelf, uh, but each different slot on here will determine which pedal you get. You're not sending a pedal in. 
All you're doing is sending in a letter or a postcard to that P.O. box so that I can get your return shipping There's address. There's 14 slots on here. Yeah, well, we're going to do 10 pedals and then like extra special slots Ooh. that do other things. Like there will be like a, a repeat slot or there will be like a special prize slot or there'll be like a, you know, like a double reverb slot well, or something There'll be like a that. whammy slot. Right. You get nothing. <laughs> or like roll again, try again. It's a, it's a whammy slot. We sent you a Digitech whammy. <laughs> Well, I'm really excited about but this. We but we don't send you the power supply. That's why it's a whammy. It's going to be a lot of fun on our next episode, which is our 400th podcast episode, which sounds bonkers. Um, we're just, we're, all we're going to do is give us stuff away. So this is the week. You want to do it today. You want to get a letter or a postcard mm -hmm. in the mail today to the address that is still up on the screen. And it is down in the description of the video. And it's pretty much guaranteed if you send in a letter or a postcard and we can read your return address, you're going to get something for free for the cost of a stamp. We're going to send you pedals, not pedal pedals because we've got a lot to give away. Anyways, um, a lot of that is being made possible by Patreon funding from mm -hmm. the inner circle. Do we want to do the Patreon stuff right now? Yeah, let's do that. I'll save my, uh, I'll save my, What's new for a later episode? Sure. Um, this week in housekeeping, if you head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast or follow the link in the description, uh, for you can support this show for as little as $1. A lot of that money right now is going to ship out this wheel of pedal stuff. It's, it's going to cost us. It, I mean, we please, we're going to keep it lower 48 states. Like we... Or United States Postal Service. We can't go international unless you want to chip in some money to go beyond that. Because it's already going to cost us like $8.50 to ship each one of these things out. Something like that. Something like that. It's going to cost If us you money. want to do it in your international, um, shoot us an email. We'll work something out. Yeah, we'll figure We've it out. We've always been able to work it out. It's usually, uh, like Ryan said, like splitting the, like splitting the difference. Anyway. But if you want to support the Wheel of Pedals... Like becoming a Patreon is a good way to do that. If you want to just tip us or cover the cost of shipping, you can include cash with your letter or you can PayPal us when you send it or something like that. We, we would appreciate that, but we will send everyone a pedal that sends us a letter. Just On the four, before the 400th episode. Right. Well, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep this going until we run out of pedals. That's true. That's true. So if you get it in late, you will still get pedals. Maybe. Like this, not going to, I've oh. got, are we just going to send them all? We've got 270 reverbs. Okay. Okay. And last I counted, I had like 70 afford pedals pushed to the side. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, these are redundant. I have more to sort through. Like we've got, that's still only 270 people. No, we, we announced it to the inner circle first. We've got five letters so far. Like we're gonna be passing out stuff for a long time. Okay, I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, we like to thank these people this week uh, at the five dollar level. Uh, Stephen Brady, who I swear I read that name before, but it came up again, so I'm reading it again. And Doug, maybe Christ, there's two of them. Doug Christ from the Masters of the Cinematic Universe oh, podcast fun. and Thirty Seven Effects. He makes a fuzz. He makes a fat guy in a little coat fuzz. And also from the Just Surprise Me podcast, but don't listen to that show. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's um, no good. 
At the uh, $1 level, uh, Nicholas Orman and Jean Samard. I'm assuming it's Jean because it's for, it's Canadian. Hmm. And I don't think it's Gene. Maybe it's Gene. I don't know. Uh, and then at the $10 level, Tim Cornfield and Michael Ayala. Thank everyone, uh, all of our new supporters, and of course, all of our longtime supporters as well for your continued support of the show. Yeah. What's next, man? Sponsor and then oh, two yeah. ads and then get gone. Uh, the next sponsor of the show is Chase Bliss Audio. We talked about them a little bit uh, earlier. If you're on Instagram you you uh, and you like pedals and you like fun, you should follow Chase Bliss Audio on Instagram. They're a lot of fun to follow. And they have a lot of pedals. And they have a lot of pedals. I've got the Thermi right here. One of my favorite delays of all time, mm-hmm. because at its core, it's a really great sounding usable delay pedal that you can do very, very normal stuff with. Oh, I see. But then you've got two different knobs here that allow you to shift the pitch of the repeats and do all sorts of crazy other stuff. You can go up two octaves, you can go down two octaves and everything in between. We've got fourths, fifths, six. No, there's not six, but there's fourths and fifths here. There's... <laughs> there's multiple octave slots uh, octave plus a fifth two octaves and they can go in square waves and sine waves and triangle waves at different speeds from each other what about and circle waves it circle waves it does so many amazing glitchy pitchy artifacting sound effect sorts of things built around a really great sounding delay so the thermi go check it out it's one of my favorite chase plus pedals Huge thanks to them sponsoring the show for so long. They've continued to sponsor the show way longer than anyone else ha- ever has. So we love Chase Bliss. They love us. And if you love us, then you should go check out their pedals and think about buying one for yourself for Christmas or your birthday or something fancy like that. Anniversaries. This buy, ad- buy yourself a Thermae for your anniversary. Your, your, your significant other will love it. Okay. This ad <laughs> was sent by Mark <laughs> DeBruin. Yeah, we got I a assume. double mark episode because we did the Chinese factory, uh, which he sent in. This is a relic, Harley Benton. Yeah, they really went for it on this one. It was some sort of silver burst, uh, Les Paul modern they sort of thing here. They try to go full, uh, full Adam Jones on this kind one, of, I guess. It's kind of like an Eclipse style take on a Les Paul. Yeah. Three knobs, sharp hmm. bottom horn. Uh, here we go. Black hardware. Uh, Bishrivig in practice custom made heavy relic Les Paul. The I did put a screen grab of the translation. In Steve. Harley Ben SC Custom Two, Deet is in one of a kind exemplar. Guitar clink good and spilt good. Uh, body Mo- Mahoney Gold Burst Relic, Ingemilled Mahoney Alton Halls, with a Perloid Crown fretboard inlays, ivory binding, Haas profile sixties. I think that's neck profile. Um. Bunch of other words that are just describing uh, Harley Benton. So Mark thing. Mark says these seem he 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 lists off the stats and he says these seem to be the standard specs with no mods. The current price for this model at Toman is two hundred and thirty nine euro. So the seller is asking a thirty six euro premium for the relic job. He says this is someone who relicked a Harley Benton Les Paul to make it look as if it survived a tsunami, floated across the Pacific to Canada, was then dragged ashore by a grizzly by grizzly bears. The neck magically remained in good condition, though. Yeah, that's the thing that always cracks me up with relics is like, oh, the frets still look new. (laughs) And also the headstock is undamaged. It's just the body. There's certain things about this that are funny to me, 
like almost all the damage is around the edge chipped away from the binding and there's a you know there is some damage there's some relicking on the you know internal area the center area of the guitar but most of it is concentrated around the edges in an almost uniform sort of way and you can tell that this is a pretty thick poly finish on here you can tell just by looking at it on internet pictures like this is not a natural relic i actually at all. i actually am impressed uh be- the more I look at it, because I assumed that this was just drug behind a car, uh, but then I realized that they couldn't have done that because the neck would have broken off. Right. No, no, this is all intentionally done. Someone someone did this. They took the time to d- chip away all this paint and do different things to age it. I will say, though, despite it looking fake, despite my eye telling me, like, oh, this guitar would never, ever relic like this. Right. It does look kind of cool. Like, if I saw someone playing this on a stage, I'd be like, that looks kind of cool. It looks cooler than the the guitar in stock condition, is how I feel about oh, it. Yeah, I, I actually find it interesting, the contours of whatever cap is on this guitar and the way that mm. the, way that the uh, it's a kind of has a couple different tones of color in the wood itself. Well, they, they've silvered some of the wood. They left some of is the wood natural. And some of it they silvered. They, they, there's different chemical things you can do that will uh, turn wood to be that silver-aged color really quickly. I think that looks really cool. Um, something that's interesting to me is that it's a silver burst, but then part of the relicking is they've sanded away the top coat or wiped away the top coat enough so that the silver burst kind of wanders around the edges mm. of it. It's not a perfect shape anymore. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an interesting look. I don't know. Only a 36 euro upcharge isn't that much. There's probably a ton of time put into this. I don't think it looks bad. I'm kind of on the side of the seller. Mm. I'm kind of like, it's still cheap. It's still like, this is still an affordable guitar. Yeah. You're getting a look that will look kind of cool on stage, depending on your personal preferences. Mm-hmm. I can't, I'm kind of into it. Like if I was local to this and I was shopping this model guitar in Toman and this came up, I'd be like, that's kind of cooler for only 36 euros more. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I don't know if I agree with your price assessment, but I do think this looks pretty let's cool just call it, as far as a heavy relic goes let's call it let's let's put it in american dollars because it's close enough let's say this is a 250 dollars guitar that you can get off of amazon you see one local 40 dollars more but it doesn't look boring anymore it looks broken in and cool like this. yeah yeah it's 40 bucks dude because this is probably like it was originally 300 and now it's like 350 right Yeah, like uh, you're buying, yeah, you're already point. buying a cheap thing. It's already throwaway money. You're never gonna like make a profit off of this unless you relic it more. Then mm-hmm. you can charge even more, right? <laughs> but it's it's like you're getting something fun with fun money, and it's a little bit more fun for fifty bucks more, 40, 40 bucks more. Like I think, like if if Toman, if Harley Benton offered this relic as a factory thing, right. They probably could upcharge for it. <laughs> nothing, nothing about the playability of the guitar has been compromised. It just has a look. 
now I'm wondering. And with my, my you know, little experiments with relicking things and the effort that it takes to chip away paint and stuff like that, I think $40 is totally fair if you like this look. Uh, the current Toman. Uh, Let's not. Silver. No, I just wanted to see because this isn't actually. Oh, they call it gold burst. Oh, okay. Well, it looks like an aged silver burst where it was a silver burst and then the, the nitro turned yellow. Yeah. So yeah. if it started out as a gold burst. That's interesting that it has that look. I know, I'm not seeing this. I wanted to see this color. Um, right. Because, excuse me, it looks like they did some aging maybe on the pickups as well. And I think that yeah. looks really cool. Oh, man. <laughs> We're burping up Mexican food now. I can smell it. Yeah, um, yeah it, it all looks fun to me. Like there's people who are going to be really put off by it because they oh, hate yeah. relics and whatever. But you have to admit, sometimes they look fun in like a Mad Max sort of way, you know? Maybe this is... I don't think it was a silver version. And if you're going to experiment with relicking, you might as well do it on a Harley Benton or a Squire right. or a cheap Epiphone or something like that or or some other, you know, Amazon brand that you found. Like get something that no one's going to be upset about you messing up in some sort of way. Like if anyone gets angry that that guitar got relicked, like... Mm-hmm. You care about stuff too much. Let's do the last ad and then get out of here. Oh, well, before we do the last ad, what I was going to say is Mark also said his suggestion for edit the editing Ryan t-shirt is a text bubble where he says something like right off the bat. It's a fun player. Sloppy noodles. Yada, yada, yada. With that tired, I've watched this a million times already look that he has on his face. And maybe here's my clean tone or you can do it, Steve. I believe in you. <laughs> Trust me. Those are your catchphrases. Not stay grounded or shame flute. <laughs> All right, I one day I'll put up a editing Ryan shirt. I promise. All right, so this is a Strat cover. This is a uh, condom for your Stratocaster. I found this on lo- our local Craigslist. Yeah, <laughs> which means somebody local there's, makes these. There's two of them, two different colors. Is your choice? Mm-hmm. Stratocaster body cover. It has two zippers, one on top and one on the side. Remove the knobs and strap buttons. Put you gotta. Oh my god. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta do stuff. Remove the knobs and strap buttons. Put the cover on. No need to remove strings. Uh, very. I, I disagree. No, because the zipper you unzip it, oh, and then I you're see, able I to see. wrap it under the strings. Okay. Um, there's body like, body not included. This concept is so bonkers. I, Fender had things like this that were like the plastic guard that you would put snap onto the back of a Jazzmaster. To, in theory, protect the finish. And it right. turned out that there was like a foam liner in it that melted nitro and stuff. Oh my There's people who collect them and, and make them work. Uh, but this is bonkers. <laughs> like, it's like so. Com- you say that as if like bonkers is not the correct word. It's as not, if there's something. It's not strong enough. Yeah. Is it like uh, this is bonkers this is in uh, this is an incorrect thing to like do this is calling this bonkers is insulting to things that are actually bonkers right like it's so unnecessary like, i can't imagine a scenario where you would need this and it's another thing where like introducing this if you have a guitar where you're really trying to protect the finish mm. i'd be more worried about this being on it than it being just bare. Well, you're going to have to take the knobs and off. And, right. and you know, the, after so many times, those knobs aren't going to go back on. But also, you don't know how, like, the finish, if you've got a really high-end guitar, you don't know how, like, a nitro finish is going to react with right. whatever Naga high this ma- is made out of. Yeah. 
It's not made out of leather. There's no way. And even if it was, maybe there's chemicals that were used on the leather that would mess with the finish. Yeah, you got to regulate like, those chemicals. All the seams. There's a zipper on this. There's, there's a zipper. two zippers. <laughs> there's two zippers. Where's the second zipper? It's around the body. It's like down Is below. There, yeah, oh it says gosh. there's two zippers. One on top and one on the side. Why would anyone do this? And also, it looks like it will absolutely definitely interrupt the playability of the guitar. I mean, obviously, the reason that you have this is because you bought a green Strat and you're like, God, green sucks. Why did I buy this? And you want a black Strat. So you strat want it to look a, like a loose, flappy piece of Naga yeah, you hide. want a black Strat with a with a tan pick card. With a zipper obviously. through it. Obviously, Ryan. It looks like something Paul Frank made as a joke. <laughs> if Paul Frank, Paul, if you're watching, he's a guitar boy. He might be watching. If you're watching, do this, but do it better in your own style. Like you, you could do this so much better. Like, look at the way that, like, it's got to cut out for the bridge. People listening to the audio podcast. This is the time where this is an ad. Yeah. You need to go click on the yeah. link. Look at the way that cut out for the bridge lines up with everything. You know that that's going to interrupt the playability of a strap. Oh, as trend. soon as you, especially if you're floating or as soon as you like lift the thing right. up, it's going to jam. I think that this would be and you know, like, an like, okay messenger bag if it was like solid. That's really what should have happened. These should have been. Like this should be a purse. It should have been purses. It should have been a backpack. It should have been a, a messenger a bag. Purse. Like imagine this as a bag and the guitar, uh, guitar strap is the strap. Yeah. Of course, over your if, shoulder. That course, would be if cool. This, if this was a, no, if this was a bag, we'd be slagging and be like, "Oh yeah," because well, guitarists are like, "Don't are are gonna forget that they're guitarists unless they got a be, guitar backpack." It wouldn't be for guitarists. It would be pe- for people that like just think that's a cool look, right? Like we, it's not cool, but it would be. It would make more sense as a backpack, as a shoulder bag, as a purse sort of thing than it does as a guitar condom. And the way like the fabric is cut up around the pickups, you know, it's going to flop up towards the strings and get caught up in the strings. Like this is, and, and the fact that you have to pull off the knobs and then put the knobs back on over this. (sighs) Yeah. And the knobs and the, uh, the, 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 Switch tip. And you know those switch tips also loosen up over time. Person who made You're definitely th- gonna lose that. Person who made this make it make sense. Justify it to us. Like I don't what why? Why? I don't I I it and they're still for sale. I, I grabbed this ad like a week ago. I saw it on Craigslist yeah, today. No one's gonna buy this because it's insane. How much do they it's want dumb. for it? Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars? This like I'm sure they put more time and money into making this than oh, what yeah. they're charging, and it's it's worthless. It's functionally worthless. <sighs> Great. Now I'm depressed. Well, hopefully this will cheer you up. Hi, Stephen Ryan. This is a song I'd like to submit to the podcast. I wrote it when oh I, maybe this won't. Uh, I wrote it when my mother was diagnosed. I'm not laughing because this is not funny. I'm laughing because I preface this as if yeah. it would be funny. Um. And it's not. I wrote it when my mother was diagnosed with lung cancer and finished it right before she passed. Our band is called Wolf Cat. I used an Epiphone Casino and a Fender Blues Junior with a Blues Driver, Dodd Carcosa, and Behringer Super Fuzz. I couldn't touch the MB3. So here is the link. Uh, this was sent again by Tom Tom Maxson. Tom Maxson. <laughs> Thank you. 
hearts to fall Will it swallow us whole? Dizzy time moves too fast I'll just sit, focus on the past Turn your head to cry Just let it flow, can't keep it all Memories and promises We can't keep Hold my hand before you fall asleep
hearing a really strong, like, garage revival, mm. like, strokes. Oh, that's influence. who I was probably thinking of. And and I think that the bones of the song are really, really strong mm-hmm. to the point where I want to make a couple suggestions that I think would just sweeten it up a little bit. Like, you don't, don't re-record anything, mm-hmm. but take the vocals, pull them back in the mix a little bit, mm-hmm. a couple decibels, put some sort of dirt on there. Mm-hmm. Like make the vocals dirty and then put some reverb on top of that. Like you want to pull them back and make a, like give it like a soundscape mm. moody sort of thing to blend it back with the music and then maybe record one more guitar track. You need like a, like a plinky simple higher octave right. thing to balance against the rhythm guitar. And I think that will make that track really really close to that vibe like that strokes kind of vibe mm-hmm. because it's it's already really really close and it's, it's got a cool groove and it's got a cool vibe like that's kind of my takeaway from that what do you think i liked it i liked it too bye everyone stay grounded <laughs>